Welcome to Where We Land, a podcast that explores the relationship between Christ, culture, and the church. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Aaron, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Laura. Hey guys. And Stephen. Hello. Today we're talking about emotions, and specifically the emotion of anger. And so we're going to be considering what are emotions and how can we use them for God's glory. Stick tuned for the full discussion ahead. Alrighty, everyone. Well, welcome to the podcast, and we're so glad you're here. This morning, as we discuss anger, I'm reminded of a movie um, that had emotions in it and that had anger in it specifically. I believe it's actually Aaron's favorite movie. Is that true? No. <laughs> Did I, I hear that? Why we, in, y'all inside out? In this morning that, like, that was a great movie. I think it's just, I, I was talking about it because I was like, that's a great, like, it's just a, it's a cool movie. It's Pixar. I, do you guys love Pixar movies? Yeah. Dude, Pixar. I, I love animated I'm just going to shout out Pixar for a minute. Like, yeah. we were watching the other day Monsters Inc. again for the first time. Not what first time. Like, first first time. And oh. like, no, like, but it had been like first time in like, you know, 10 years. Right. Since it came out. And I was just like, what a well done movie. Possibly yeah. one just, of the greatest movies, like, especially animated. Definitely one of the greatest animated movies of all time. Do you want to know my favorite animated movie? This will probably shock many people. Okay. My favorite animated movie is Up. My favorite Pixar you movie is Up. You love that movie? I Why absolutely do you love, that love that movie. I don't like the that movie. The story and the what? writing of that movie no. are incredible. I know. I think I'm the. I'm like. It's an unpopular opinion to not like Up. It's so sad. But, but it I think is it's so the well intro written. where he's sitting there and like going through their life together, and then all of a sudden she's dead, and I'm like, this is. But he do, loved wait, her so this much. This is a pet peeve. Hang on. <laughs> every like Disney Pixar, maybe not every Pixar movie. But like a lot of Disney movies, for sure. Do y'all notice the mom is for sure dead? She either dies in the movie, she's not there, or she's dead. What? No. Go through no. Cinderella. Where's the mom? Well, that's Cinderella. But Beauty what about, and the Beast? What, what where's about the Toy mom? Story? Toy Story. Mom's right there, central in the story. See, but is that a Pixar movie? Yes, it was the first one. But okay, all right, maybe it's Disney. I think that Disney <laughs> has an issue with moms. I don't think this is true. Go, wait, wait, pick another one. Pick another one. I, see, I don't but know. Could you argue it's parents in general? Yes, because um, you have uh, Frozen. They they all like silently die on that I little ship. It, that I'm pretty sinks. sure it's parents in general that they have a problem. Because like even in Monsters Inc., the parents are gone. See. Because, like, they steal oh, no, her except from for Mike, the parents. Mike Wazowski's mom is there, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, hey, mom. You guys are yeah. making a narrative no, no. of something that's no, not y'all true. Sit down. I'm going to have to look at this and now. And go through actually, all the Disney yeah. movies, and you'll be like, whoa, somebody has a real mom issue. So why do you love Why do you love Up? Yeah. I love Up because I believe it's very well written, especially for, like, a Pixar movie. Because sometimes you can get away with, like, animated movies with just, like, putting in humor and, like stuff but you think like, it has real heartfelt very, qualities very to it. well written and it's very well done like it's just a very like i remember the first time i saw it in college and i was like wow this is like a really well done movie like for an animated movie they put a lot of time and effort into this and they did it's a very well done movie so that's I your favorite animated movie animated movie what, yes. about, what about you laura mm, so i really like beauty and the beast mm. but also i don't know i guess this is like a cross between animated and like real life but i love peter rabbit that new <laughs> the kids movie that, that there's the a second one, one came out. the animated peter no rabbit. it's like well the, the rabbits are animated but like there's you know real, yeah, real life, life kind of yeah, actors. yeah. i hadn't seen that peter but. rabbit the first one is movie. like my favorite it makes me laugh out loud it was a solid but movie. that might also be because i have a rabbit that i love a goliath head 
Um, he's got a mullet, you know, yeah. Larry. So for anyway, a few rabbits that have mullets. What's your favorite animated movie? Oh man, that's, I knew you would ask. Is that. it Monsters Inc? I do think that's a good one. I, do I mean, that's, that's top two one. for me easily. I, I, yeah, I'll just say that because I'm, I haven't really not put a, too much thought into this. You're not a Finding this. Nemo, Finding Nemo fan. That's a good one too. But I, I just think I don't know. I haven't. Hey, where's the mom in Finding Nemo? <sighs> My goodness, I knew you'd say she that. Dis- she disappears. <laughs> Didn't they both die? Wow. No, the mom is kind of like mom left off to imagination. And what then ate dad her? dies. She did get See, eaten. No, no, dad doesn't die. Dad doesn't yeah, die. Does. No, he goes no, he saves doesn't. Nemo. He That's saves the whole Nemo. point of the movie. <laughs> Wait, he's the star of the movie. <laughs> the dad. I thought he died. Marlon. No, Marlon's no, no, no. the guy. He's the one that's, that's trying Nemo's to... dad? Because, oh do you know wow, why? But it opens with the dad being super anxious because he's parenting he's this was child because the barracuda. mom. See, mom got she was eaten. eaten by a barracuda. I'm not kidding, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're just gonna have to stop there and come back to this, and I'll have to do my own homework, and we can talk about this on a later episode and to see if this see is true. Right. But I, I, I'm not positive you are, but I'm not gonna but say I you're am. not. So. Okay, well, before everybody gets angry on the podcast today, all right, <laughs> let's talk about let's, anger, I'm right? Just kidding. We are going to talk about anger today because it has been said that we're living in the age of rage. And, um, you know, when we think about, I guess we're going to kind of preface this because over the next couple episodes, we're going to be looking at a couple different emotions. And I think it's important for us to consider emotions are something that have been given us by God. You know, we talk about being made in God's image and we spent a lot of time on that on the podcast in recent episodes. So to think about, you know, being made in God's image and then him giving us emotion. And then we read the Bible and the Bible has a lot to say about how we use our emotions, about how we you know, respond to things. And, and I think anger is one of those, not weird emotions, but it's one of those emotions that oftentimes I think gets labeled as like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. When in actual fact, the Bible has a lot of, um, it, the Bible refers to God being angry. Yeah. Right? So we, we're going to talk I about I feel like this. we don't often really know what to do with anger. Um, <laughs> cause we see so many bad effects from it, you know, like just think in our day and age, like the crimes that are committed because they're crimes of passion, right? Crimes of anger. And, um, it was interesting in 2019, um, NPR and IBM Watson, um, did a health poll and they came up with that 84% of people surveyed said Americans are angrier today than compared with a generation ago. And out of those polled, 42% of those people said that they were angrier in the past year than they had been in time. So anger is like this emotion oh, that keeps that's a lot. growing. That's a lot. That's like, like people are angry. People are angry. It's almost half. Like it's so, people are so angry. And one of the people with IBM Watson Health who helped do the um, survey, they said this. Uh, this is Dr. Um, Anil Jain. Um, They said this, I think of anger as a health risk. And they also said this, anger can cause physical harm, but it can do so much more. Uncontrolled anger can ruin relationships, cause us to lose a job, and uncontrolled anger can pose great spiritual harm and eternal damage. So it's like, it's like we see here that they, they would define it as a health risk only, but there's so much more at stake, right? Um, there's so much more at stake than just a health risk. Uncontrolled anger can literally um, take your life in a completely different direction. However, sometimes we don't often talk about this. Controlled anger and anger and the emotion in the way that God has given it to us can actually help us um, accomplish things and do things for His glory. And I think you see that in Scripture. So today we want to jump in and talk about this. And I think we have to start off with just recognizing 
what is anger and also just the reality that angry anger anger is here and it's given by God. I think we need to start out there. And so um, when we look at anger, we are talking about anger as an emotion and it's characterized by antagonism towards someone or something. And generally you feel that it has happened to you or you have been done wrong by someone or something. And that is the American psychological association's definition of anger. It's an emotion characterized, characterized by antagonism towards someone or something. And generally it's because you feel that you've been done wrong. Um, and I think that that's a fairly good, um, definition of our anger and how we define it. But when I go to the Bible, I see a completely different thing because God did you know God's angry? Did mm. you know that? Yeah. Um, it, it pops up all over. Anger is a God-given emotion. He is actually angry himself. And um, as I was looking this week in um, my Bible, I kept finding places where God was angry. And uh, some of those are in the book of Psalms. Um, in the book of Psalms, you'll see times where God, he talks about, um, the psalmist will talk about how God is angry. And um, I think of Psalm 6, 1, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath, right? Mm-hmm. And it's talking about God as being angry there. And then in um, in Psalm 7 as well, Psalm 7, 6 uh, you'll see that the psalmist says, Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my enemies. Awake for me. You have appointed a judgment. And so God is and has anger, right? Hmm. Or is it just me? Am I missing it out on this? What do you guys think? No, I mean, it's right there. He's clearly angry. So anger can't be like a sin. It can't be a sin. Automatically, right? right? Automatically. Because God doesn't sin, right? And I think, I think too, we need to define here maybe, too, is there different types of anger? Well, I think so. What do you guys think? Is there different types of anger? I would say this. I think when you look at, the, you reference the Psalms and some of those passages, even Psalm 4, uh, where the Bible says, be angry and do not sin, ponder in your own hearts on your own beds and be silent. Like, I think when, what, what, what probably is hard for us to comprehend is that, you know, when we read the Bible, we read a number of passages where it says that God is angry. And then we can look at places in the New Testament and see um, really the righteous anger of Christ. And we're, we're going to get there in just a yeah, minute at the temple. But then, but I would say for probably for the average person, like our anger, often the way that we manifest our anger through actions or choices is probably through like a sinful way, right? So yeah. like, I would say, I don't know, maybe I, I can't say for everybody, but like for, for me, oftentimes, probably when I'm angry, I don't have righteous anger. I'll just say that. Like, and don't you think the that, difference between that is your motivation for your anger? Well, and I, I, but I think it's in the whole wording of what we think. Like, okay. like God's anger is not like my anger in the sense of, because um, oftentimes I'm angry about like the end of that definition where it was talking about like being hurt antagonized by someone or something. Yeah. yeah. So often my anger is, I would say more often it's kind of like a, a vengeful anger. It's a, this, this, this attitude that I've been, um, 
wronged. I've been wronged. I mean, you just think about scripture, right? Like you think about Jonah. When God comes to Jonah, he's like, do you well to be angry? You will. But Jonah didn't have righteous anger in right. that. Like, like he was angry that that people that he hated had repented and God had relented the judgment that he was going to bring upon them. And so that made him angry. Like, mm. you know, you think about in the New Testament, you think about the anger of the Pharisees or the Sadducees. Well, that wasn't a righteous anger. They were they were angry over the 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 envy of other people, like, you know, the perception, you know, so so far, I, I would just say a lot of times when the Bible describes God anger, God being angry and then our anger, it is an emotion and it's and it's not sinful. I, I guess we should be a little right. careful how we define this, but like it, you, there is a righteous anger and then there's an unrighteous anger. And I'm just saying probably most of us are more familiar with, with the, unrighteous, yeah, anger. unrighteous anger now than you, we are. Because we'll even say, well, I have a right to be angry. And, mm-hmm. and, and in actual fact, well, maybe you do, but even in how you're angry right now, mm-hmm. you're, you're manifesting that in an unrighteous way. Now, would you agree, though, that since we are made in the image of God, that Christians who are, you know, as Christians, we're in Christ. We would have the capacity for righteous anger. Do you think so? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, let me say this. I Stephen think, has I a thought. Think, I see it. I think at the fall of man, mm-hmm. the n- human nature was completely corrupted, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when we think about really God creating us in his image and then what we have versus then what's been marred and tainted and broken – that has that that brokenness that fallenness has worked itself even into my emotions well, right that's so true. so i think god's able to redeem our emotions mm-hmm. and and god's able to redeem the life of a person and and you know so so yes there can be uh change in all those things but i, I would say probably we just have to realize first and foremost that that our nature is far more fallen and corrupted than maybe even we would want to admit like I think we have a way often in all of these things, because we're going to talk about anger, we'll talk about fear, sadness. I, I think a lot of times we want to justify our our emotion as being right, when in actual fact, it's 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 probably far more distorted than we would admit. Yeah. And I think, I think your word capacity is different than like um, probability, right? So right. like, sure. Um, As someone grows in sanctification. I believe somebody can have the capacity to have a righteous anger. But do I believe that the probability of humankind is going to be consistently that we have righteous anger? No, I don't believe that. Because I look in my own life and I look at the times that I'm angry. And um, I know I'm not everyone, but I'm a Christian. And so I know I have the capacity for righteous anger, but rarely do I actually have righteous anger. Um and righteous anger is interesting because it, it, it it's one of those things where we want to be like, oh, well, God had anger. Okay, well, yes, but God is perfect. <laughs> and it's the old cliche, you're not Jesus, right? <laughs> you're not God. Well, that's true. You're, you really aren't. Um, God who is able to have that anger in a perfect uh, way, while many times our anger gets tainted. Uh, I love what you said, Aaron, by the sin that has... Uh, marred our um, our world. And so, yes, we do want to at least mention, we've mentioned that God has shown the anger, uh, the emotion of anger, and we referenced that, but Jesus did have anger too. And I think of John 2, 13 through 22, right? Chapter two, where he goes into the temple and he turns over the money changers and he says what? 
um, my house has been turned into a den of thieves when it should be a house of prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and he's really angry here. He's very angry there. He It says he makes a whip out of cords and he drove the people out of the temple. Yeah. Like this is real anger. Yeah. But what I noticed there too is there's anger over the name of mm-hmm. God and the worship of God and the glory of God. Like they're the source of it. And even, so like even if you go over to Matthew 18 too, where I believe Jesus has an emotion of anger there as well when he's dealing with the little children. Well, he talks about those who um, hurt little children and those who deceive little children. Mm-hmm. He says, well, they should have a millstone cast about their neck and thrown into the sea. I mean, that that's a little bit of an, <laughs> I mean, that sounds a little, <laughs> it feels could, aggressive, it feels a little <laughs> aggressive you know, it feels yeah. a little aggressive in that, but it's, even there it's concerned over righteous right. acts and or, it's not a, or it's against not unrighteous yeah. acts. Because I know? would say God's anger is not like human anger. Right. Because oftentimes human anger is unpredictable. It's disproportionate in what we're angry about. So we can get mm-hmm. really angry about something and then and, and another injustice, we can just let it slide. But God's not right. like that. Like it, He's consistent, he is consistent in what he's and angry. So I think about. a better word than anger for God is probably because when we think about anger, we think about lashing out and negativity, negative things. Whereas well, the Bible is very clear about God's wrath and God is just in his wrath, right? So you know, God's God's justice is always a response. Uh, notice to to because because of his holiness, because mm-hmm. of who he is, then then God's justice is always measured against his response to evil. So when so when you think about God's wrath, you know, is provoked. Deuteronomy nine seven. Do not forget how you provoke the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. It's you know, it's it's one of those things. Like when we talk about what well, God is, this then. You, we we understand that who God is that, and it's hard for us to fathom in this way. But you know, I was always think about God's love and His wrath or His justice being opposite sides of the same coin, right? It's 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 in His nature of who He is, but that's not who we are. We're not like that. The Bible is very clear that God is slow to anger. That's not mm-hmm. often how we are. <laughs> often, by, oftentimes people are hot to anger, right? Oftentimes when we think about anger, it's this short fuse. And, 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 and the Bible, you know, talks about clearly God being a righteous, holy God. And so mm-hmm. it, it's his, his anger is always leveled at injustice, evil, unrighteousness, everything, you know, that would not be characteristic of who he is. Yeah. But that's not how we handle our no. emotions well, of anger. Even I'll just in, be clear about even that. Even in that passage um, in John where, where Jesus is angry because of what has happened in the temple, it actually goes on in verse 17 to say, like, why? Mm-hmm. It says that after all these things happen and Jesus says, take these things away, do not make my house, my father's house a house of trade or some translations like Stephen said, a den of thieves. It then says his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. And that's from Psalm 69. And that was a, you yeah. know, a prophecy that yeah. was fulfilled. So even in this passage of anger, God makes it clear to show why, why he was being robbed was of his angry. glory. God was yes. being robbed yeah. of his glory. And, and the place, the house of prayer that should have been a house of prayer for all nations had been corrupted. turned into this corrupted den of thieves, right? Yeah. So you see, you see God's anger but it's being laid out at what against that which is truly evil and every time too i think that when we see god angry in scripture it's important to look and see that his grace and love is balanced out it's like what you were saying aaron with it being the same coin like you referenced the story of jonah earlier 
and how Jonah had an imperfect anger. But it says earlier in that book that God was angry at Nineveh. Mm-hmm. But what did he do? He gave them a second chance to repent. But what was he angry about? He was angry about their sin. Yeah, their idolatry. He was angry about their idolatry, but he gave them a chance to repent. Like even in God's wrath, He's merciful. his grace and mercy is just as much his character as his wrath and that which that is, is not true about me no, when i'm angry no no no, no. no we're one yeah, or the other not true about anything mm-hmm. we're one or the other so we see that anger is a reality and we see that anger as an emotion is not inherently sinful yet many times because of our sinfulness the probability of it being sinful in our life, it is many times. And we, so we've seen what that is. And we don't have time today to just like talk about the effects of anger. I think you could talk about that um, for hours, just about how many crimes have been committed or the way that anger can be a health risk and all the stats behind that or how spiritually anger can just hurt your relationship with God or even relationships. Think about all the relationships that anger has ruined. Um, but I think that that's pretty self-evident and I think you could find all of that if you just looked at your own life or looked at someone else's life that you're close to. I think what we really want to get to today is how do I address the anger that I have in my life? How do I properly and biblically address the anger in my life? And, um, I I think one of the first things that we have to do is literally (laughs) consider in our hearts, um, what is the source or object of my anger? Cause I think many times like what we just said, you know, God is angry at sin, but often we're angry at people. And I think of it this way, like the question I ask myself is this, like, is my anger a righteous anger or is it a self-righteous anger? Mm-hmm. And generally I'm, I'm just being honest with you. My anger generally it's self-righteous. I think, I think it can often start like, um, as a righteous anger, but if we're not careful, it'll turn into kind of that self-righteous anger. There's a lot of injustice in this world and people have been hurt in incredible ways. And, and, and that, that is wrong. And, and that should make you angry. I mean, there, there should be this sense of, 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 of injustice that's not being, you know, corrected. And you say, well, that, that, that should be, that makes me angry. It makes me frustrated. But often what we then do with that feeling, uh, it, it, it's far more important. I think a question that I would ask us through this whole series on emotions is, is asking the question, like, what do I really want? Like, what do I really want? Why, why am I angry in this? And so what, what do I really want? And, and I think sometimes that question can be a right thing. And oftentimes it can be a wrong thing. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, just given an illustration, like, well, what do I really want? You know, you look at an injustice in this world and you say, well, I want that corrected. Like, but, but, but what about it for you? Like, what about it for you? What do you really want? And why, why do you feel upset in that? And I think, I think that's the question. I think that's the question because it's like, Oftentimes, what do we really want reveals, you know, um, what we're believing about that emotion, like biblically. You guys get what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because your desires will show you what what you're angry over is what is what I think you're saying, correct? Like your desires of why you're angry will show you if it's a righteous anger or if it's yeah, a self-righteous so like, let me anger. Think about, you know, we've talked about on the podcast before, like a person's calling in their assignment. Well, I think oftentimes like a person's greatest burden, like something that they see in the world and they're like, that's wrong. That needs to be fixed. Like something needs to be done about it. I'm angry about it. Like maybe we wouldn't use the word anger in that sense, but, but there is that sense where they're like, this needs to be fixed. This needs to be corrected. And oftentimes that anger, if I could call it that way, 
th- th- that frustration, like actually ends up becoming that person's calling that person's, you know, their assignment. So I think it, it anger is a powerful emotion that like being, you know, I guess being angry over the right thing. You see that specifically what you just said in that passage we just talked about in Matthew 18 with the children and how, um, you know, you're trying, we, we mentioned a few minutes ago is how it's it's like an injustice where children and we see that a lot in the world right we mm-hmm. see that um, sh- there is injustice in relationship to children and and Jesus says that you know it would be better for someone to have a, a stone tied around their neck and them to be drowned in the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble and it's not just a physical injustice but also in um, it's it's a it's a spiritual injustice. So what we see is that Jesus is responding to something where these children are being treated um, less than they should be. Which wasn't right. Which wasn't right, which was an injustice. And you see some anger like you like you recognize there, Stephen. But then if you look further in that chapter, he, he moves on to, like you said, the burden leads you to your calling. Mm-hmm. Well, that that whole first section up to verse nine, he's talking about the children. Don't make them stumble. If you do make them stumble, it would be better if these things happen to you. And then it goes right into the parable of the wandering sheep. And Jesus goes into what his calling was. So he's motivated by this injustice, but where did it lead him in that righteous anger? It led him to, he's the shepherd that goes out and finds that one sheep that has wandered away. So his his anger and injustice in that same passage is leading him to the thing that he came to earth to do. That's good because I think the, the I think the clarifier in all this would be what James says in his epistle. He says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So so James is actually saying something about anger. Mm-hmm. He says, but it's something we need to be slow to. He says, and then he gives this qualifier for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And I think that's where he's drawn the line. You know, there there is true righteous anger that God has, but it's always against sin and evil. And it's and it's never like Stephen says, it's, it's against a person. Like, you know, where oftentimes our anger is the response to other people. So you see so many times in the Bible where, you know, even um, in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, it says, be not quick in your spirit to become angry for anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Proverbs nineteen eleven. God sense. I mean, I'm sorry. Pro- oh, Proverbs nineteen eleven. Good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. So the Bible's actually talking and even James says that in chapter one to be slow to anger. But but I think we, in all of this, when I say, okay, when, when I realize that I'm angry over something, I need to really ask myself that heart-searching question, what is it that I really want? And to begin to to, to, to really dial in on my desires and, and, and consider what is it about this that is making me angry? Is it something that is a true righteous injustice? And if so, then it still is requiring, requiring me to have a a good biblical response. I can't have a I can't have a negative yeah. response just because it's a it's a it's a thing to be righteously in. So you can be motivated yeah. righteously, but your response also has to be righteous. Exactly yeah. exactly. And like you hear people like in um psychology and whatnot always talk about channeling your anger, right? And stuff. But in a sense, I actually like that word because if you think of what a channel is, what is it? It's an enclosed like a conduit. Thing, right? It's a conduit. Mm-hmm. So if your conduit for anger is righteousness, 
meaning it's going to be in the confines of scripture, not at someone, but at sin. And you are keeping it within the conduit of righteousness and any response you have is righteous. Mm -hmm. I'm on board for channeling here, anger, but only, only within the conduit of righteousness. And here's, and here's how, you know, here's, I think this is, this would be the, the biblical place that I would turn to, to say, this is how, you know, whether or not your response is truly doing that. And it's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter four, Mm -hmm. when he's talking about the church and the body, well, ultimately it's being built up in love. And and he, he describes so much about anger in that passage. He says in verse 26, be angry and do not sin. So there is that, there is that clarifier to be angry, but to be angry and do not sin. And that's where a lot of us fall up, you know, foul up is like we, we, we sin in our anger, but the Bible says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. But then he goes down further and he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. Why? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So ultimately I could have a, um, you know, a righteous anger. I could manifest my anger over a right thing, an evil, wicked thing in a right way, but ultimately it requires me to have a biblical response. And, and ultimately when I do that, the church of Christ, the body should be built up. And, and, if, and if, if the way that you are acting is actually creating more division or it's creating more hurt or it's, it's, it's tearing down the body rather than building up the body in the sense of the church. I mean, this was maybe an example within the church. So you know that it's righteous anger when your anger is building up the body of Christ. Yeah, I think when it, when it helps you know, further God's kingdom. And I look, look at great injustice. I mean, I just think about people like you know, William Wilberforce and the things that happened in, in his day. And you think about, well, certainly there had to have been a righteous anger against what was happening. Mm-hmm. And yet, yet to be able to, as Stephen's talking about, to channel that in such a right way, well, ultimately, we, we, we see society being built up. We see things flourishing. And, and, it, and it's not cutting down, but it's building up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would also say, too, from Ephesians 4, I love that. Um, when, when you're dealing with anger, try and keep it current because many times anger is the seed that can grow into bitterness and undealt with uncontrolled anger can just, have you ever like stewed over something? You know what I'm saying? And you're just like sitting there and the more you think on it, the more you get angry. And then if you're not careful, all of a sudden you're bitter at somebody and you're like out to get them and everything that they stand for. And that's not what that's not what righteous anger is in any stretch of the imagination. And so instead of covering up anger and planting that seed of anger in your life, I would encourage you to deal with it biblically. And like we've said, match your anger in your life up with the Bible and God's word and determine, is this a righteous anger? or Is it not? And if it's not, you must deal with that. Like mm-hmm. you have to deal with that in your life as a Christian. And one practical thing that I'll, I'll just kind of say for as my last parting thing would be, Something I have found very helpful for me personally is when I am angry with someone. And like we've already said, when I'm angry with someone, <laughs> that's that's sin. Like I can't be angry with someone as a Christian because the Bible encourages me to not be that way, to deal with that. Commands us to Commands, not. yes, yes, commands. But when I'm angry with someone, something I found very helpful is to pray for them. And I found it very hard. My dad always encouraged me. If you're angry with some, if you're angry with somebody, pray for them because it's really hard to be angry with them and pray for them. And I've found that to be very true. Mm. It's impossible to pray God's blessing and God's will on their life 
and then still be angry with them. Yeah. Cause I think in, in praying for them, I think what you would be doing in verse 32 is, is forgiving, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I think, you know, that this comes back to what is forgiveness and it's not, it's not, um, recognizing that there wasn't anything that happened that was wrong. It's not, it's not overlooking that offense, but it, but it's actually, it's actually like contrary to the definition we read earlier about holding that, you know, antagonism in your heart against somebody, you're releasing that you're releasing that and you're, uh, you're, you're ultimately, you know, demonstrating what should be the character of every Christ follower. And that is an attitude of forgiveness. And, um, and, um, so it, I think it, if, if we apply, if we think about our anger in that way, Oftentimes, if we bottle our anger, it turns into bitterness, it turns into resentment, and we are holding unforgiveness in our heart. One of the most helpful definitions for forgiveness that I've ever heard is that forgiveness is releasing the debt that I feel that that person owes me. Hmm. That's good. Well, hey, I hope this has helped today as we've considered anger and we have talked about uh, the Bible's response to some of these things. And maybe you'd consider this uh, even in your own life um, and, and ask the question, well, if I am angry today, then what is it that I really want? What am I angry about? Is it a righteous anger? Is it or is it the anger of man that does not produce the righteousness of God? And maybe for you today, it would just be simply actually choosing to turn that loose and to let that go. And, uh, and to find the freedom of, of God's forgiveness and all of those things and, and, and allow your anger, I mean, if we can think about that way, right? Allow that biblical sense of, of righteousness to, to funnel you and to propel you uh, further in your walk with Christ. Well, thanks for listening to Where We Land, Christ, Culture, and the Church. Hey, we're so glad to have you with us today. And if there's anything we talked about on the show today that you would like to know more about, be sure to reach out to us and connect with us on Instagram or on Facebook. You can also find us online at whereweland.org. Well, hey, we hope you'll join us here again next week as we continue our series on emotions as we talk about sadness. We'll see you then.